Just a warning, what you're about to see is a bit graphic. Welcome to the Angry Negative Show. It is Tuesday, December 29th, 2020. 2020 for, what, three more days? Thank Christ. Two more days? How many days are in December? 31. 32. 32? 31? Good enough. A couple more days till January, everybody. Then, then hockey is on the horizon. January 13th at 5.30 p.m. the Flyers play. Horseshit, says Dan the Flyer fan. You pick Perfect a more inconvenient timing. time for a hockey game. Oh, well, nobody's working anymore, right? It's everybody's home. What else do we got to do besides watch hockey at 5.30 on a Wednesday? I'm still... Oh, um, I guess we still got a couple weeks, so who the fuck knows what happens between them and them. But as of right now, I'm still employed. <laughs> oh, I'm just being facetious. I love it. I think we... What's it? The Flyers are the first game that night, 5.30, and there's yeah. three games on? Yeah, sure, why not? There's nothing else on on Wednesday nights. It'll be nice to watch hockey again, though. I'm fired up. I'm actually really excited. I could feel it already. Like, there's anticipation building up. People are excited. There's horrible, you know, Twitter conversations coming up again already. So, But I'm excited for that. Like, I think through all of this, you really find out you know, what you love and miss in life. And I, I, I miss the bantering so much. Like, like the, the Corey Perry conversations, for example, yesterday. You really find out who the fucking idiots are when shit like that comes up, eh? Like, this guy is so irrelevant. <laughs> but for some reason, like, a, a Twitter war breaks out, and so I love it. Signed I love it. by a completely different team who's not even in the division. <laughs> and it, it caused a meltdown. Mainly because it's it's the it's the theoretical positioning you take on the team, how you want to build your team. Do you want mm-hmm. this soft ass baby shit fucking team we have now, or do you want something with a little bit of grit? And basically, the biggest argument I heard against Perry was, he's mean, he's physical, he's he's a rat. And it's like, yeah, no shit. That's why we want him. You assholes. This fucking soft baby team. Now, now, granted, I will, there's absolutely no room for him. There's no reason the Flyers should have signed him, no room for him on the roster. He would have been like the 17th forward on the depth chart. You have too many wingers. But it's not that I necessarily even wanted him. It's what he brings to the table is what I want. That grit, that attitude, that physicality. I mean, at this point in his career, he's not much of a goal scorer. But, like, he's something, right? I don't know. There's a presence. Yeah. He carries a presence with him. You know, it's, it's like... He's going to make when, people own up for their shit. When Dave Hackstall walks into a room, it's like, okay, you got to respect him because he's your coach, right? Yeah. When Elaine Vigneault walks into the room, it's like, okay, this guy's been around. I better get my shit together. You know, it's like, the, it's a different presence Corey Perry carries with him because, correct me if I'm wrong, the only player on the roster, and, you know, people can argue this, but the only player that's been on the roster, that's on the roster, that's been to a Stanley Cup is Claude Giroux. I, I can't remember if Kevin Hayes was on that Ranger team or not that lost to the Kings. I don't think he was. but uh, I don't think so. And some people want to say, oh, well, that's overrated, this and that. Experience is not 
something that shows up on a stat sheet. It's it's that was another thing I heard. I saw a lot of people brush off the phrase veteran presence. Mainly yeah. because I think because they associate it with like Andrew McDonald because that's what we've heard for so long. Cool. But like legit veteran presence is important. That's why somebody like Matt Niskin was so goddamn important. You know, and granted he was much better, you know, as a player than than uh, you know Corey Perry is, and does not look like Hayes was on that team by the way. Made his debut in okay. 2014-15, so that would have been okay. the year before, I think. So, yeah, Claude Drew's the only player that's been the whole way. You know, that was ten years ago, eleven years ago. Now. <laughs> yeah, nobody else has that experience. So all they know about the Stanley Cup or even the Eastern Conference Finals is stories from Claude Giroux. They have no idea what that feels like to go that far to put your body through. You know what what Corey Perry and Claude Giroux uh, put their bodies through to get to the point they got, they have no idea what that's like. And so the only way that you're going to be able, you know, to, to possibly get through that, if you hit a wall in the playoffs, you need a guy that's going to say, yo guys, we're almost there. Yeah. And I know because I've been there, it's not going to be somebody talking out of their ass. And who do they have now? That's, Travis Konechny. Yeah. The that's why it's important. Performer. Whoa, settle down, Dan. He's a stud. <laughs> yeah, sure he is. Those, yeah, those one playoff goal in twenty three games or whatever it's been, I'm scared. I, I like how people just brush aside like hard facts. But, yeah, I don't feel that way, so that's not true. No, you don't need veteran presence and that's experience. Just a no, twenty twenty anymore. Yeah, no fucking kidding about. me. Get pissed. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna get Nick going a little bit here, but like, so whenever I bring up, yeah, a team needs to get bigger. A team needs bigger bodies. It, it, the argument always goes to the extreme. It's always, oh, so you're saying that it's always, you, know, it's, you want, you know, all yeah. the lords and back. You, you need want a bunch of Jody Shelley like, no. here, you know? Sorry, yeah. We need and Jody so you, Shelley back. So you want him? No, that's not what I'm fucking saying. Right. You could have a Wayne Simmons. Now, granted, there yeah. players like that are few and far between, especially here in 2021. But, like, for Christ's sake, you know, he could do it all. He was the guy that would go out there and punch somebody in the face, but he's also going to score 30 goals a season. Yeah. Now you have fake tough guys like Travis Konechny, who's just a little bitch, is going to go out there and score 20 goals, but he ain't going to do anything <sighs> besides make faces at people. Oh, right? my. Right, and do you really – let's say, let's even say that Travis Konechny will, will drop the gloves or whatever. Has he ever the, fought? I think he's fought two or three oh, times, nice. but do you really want your leading regular season goal scorer to – be dropping gloves every other night or whatever it is nowadays. I don't. And and that's why I advocate for bringing in some of these guys who can take on whatever that role is now. Because I don't want my top goal scorer fighting all the time, you know, especially if he's as big as Travis Konechny. And I'm not knocking Travis Konechny because he, he is a talented player. He will score, but he's not the guy that I want sticking up for everybody. He's the guy I want focusing on scoring goals. Bring somebody in. One, two, three, four, five professional fights. I find that hard to believe. Wow. Brandon Peary in the Rangers. Somebody Prince against the Islanders. Oshi, Ryan Strom, and Jordan Eberle. There's like that one picture where his helmet's on backwards after a fight. <laughs> oh, that's right. Him and his 24 fucking goals. Like yeah, your fucking team's world leading goal scorer with 24 goals. Maybe would have hit thirty oh, if skirt. we didn't have a pandemic. That's such horseshit. I've heard Maybe. that excuse too. That mathematically, oh, I'm just, mathematically I, I, it may work out, but there's absolutely no way he was going to put up eight goals in twelve games. It just wasn't going to happen. He didn't do that once all season long. Oh yeah, that's right. Quick math. There's only like twelve games left. Yeah, he wasn't going to get thirty. No. 
I wish I would have done some research into like, you know, where in the season some of these goals were at. Like, did he hit a big dry spell? Like, was he clearly like gonna not hit thirty? Was he for most of those goals front loaded? I don't know. I'm still hung up on one goal in twenty two or twenty three playoff games, and people think he's like uh, the next uh, fucking John McClare rolling down the wing. Where like he's not even half the size of John McClare which you need to be in the playoffs to succeed. Let me just say something about TK real quick. So I think I wrote like a short little article just before the, the series kicked off, and I picked three players that needed to have a good series for the Flyers if they were going to win. Uh, one was Sean Couturier. I believe the other may have been Claude Giroux. The other one was Travis Konechny. And the reason I picked him was because I think he led – if he didn't lead the league or near the top of the league, he definitely led the Flyers in even strength goals, right? He doesn't score on the power play. They always come five on five. The Islanders don't give up very many five on five goals. So if they were going to beat the Islanders, number one, they were either going to have to score on the power play or Travis Konechny was going to have to find a way five on five. Those two things didn't happen, you know? So I don't know if, if there's a, a chance TK gets moved to the PP1 this year and plays with, you know, some more talented, uh, he gets more time on the power play. But, you know, against heavier teams, especially a team like the Islanders that have a, they have a nice, clean, uh, organized system, it's going to be the same story. TK's a 5-on-5 scorer, and he just can't score against teams like that. So, some quick math here. He had two goalless streaks this year one of them went nine games from november 13th to the 29th the other one went seven games from the 17th to the 31st meaning from november 13th to december 31st he scored three goals but outside of that you know two month span there he was fairly consistent as far as putting up goals every other game or so daniel how many power play goals did he have i think it's five power play total or this year just just this past season, the pandemic shortened the season. Travis Konechny had five power play goals. So he only had 19 even strength goals. Yes. The offensive dynamo. The offensive that's a lot, dynamo. though. Yeah. Believe no, it or not, not, that's a lot. Not from your second line winger. I, I that, think it's, and this is going to sound crazy, but I think it's near the top of the league in, in even strength. Hang on. NHL. Maybe I'm just so pissed off at everyone, like, sucking his balls when... He doesn't deserve it. Well, that's the only reason I kept bringing him up is because people will bring up Claude Giroux, Voracek, and JVR very quickly because they've been around, because they make the most money. They're the easiest to, to get on. Mm. And the reason I kept bringing up Travis Konechny was because, well, he didn't score one single goal. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. 19-20 even strength goal leaders. Uh, this page is loading very slowly. Let's see here. He was... 30th in the league with 19. Wow. There you go. Mediocre. Yeah. More I'm going to assume Ovechkin's near the top. Ovechkin was number one with 35. There you go. See? Tied with Austin Matthews. Now, I'm not saying, you know, I wish Konechny was Ovechkin because Ovechkin is... I do. Well, yeah, I mean, but Ovechkin's once in a generation. He'll never break 24 goals at this point, but a boy can dream, right? Yeah. But, I mean... Travis Konechny is not Patrick Laine. He's not, as no. far as his shot. He is not. Can we talk about Patrick Laine for a second? Please. Was... <laughs> Please. This, this links into more of a Dan Silver thing. Like, 
I <laughs> three months ago he was one of the people heavily rallying for Patrick Line. We need him, and he was willing to sell the farm. Give up Sandheim, give him Konechny, you know. Do whatever to get Patrick Line. And then the last three interactions I've had with him, he tried to tell me Travis Sandheim was the greatest fucking thing since sliced bread. He told me Nolan Patrick is gonna come back and be a superstar and fucking I forget what the other one was, but it was something stupid. It's like we just gave up on that easy like I don't know. He's a crowd he's a crowd pleaser, I guess you could say. And say whatever the fuck the hot topic is now. But uh, God, that drives me nuts. Why? I don't know. Just this Patrick Liney horse shit. There's people out there, and someone on Jim's High and Wide episode earlier this week just automatically said, "Flyers fans will hate him. I don't want. I don't want Liney. We don't need him. Like we're gonna hate him because he doesn't put up 50 goals. Like they probably will. He'll score 40 goals, but he'll be like a defensive respond, uh, defensive liability, uh, defensive liability. If I can get that out." So was, like, Danny Briere. Is Corsi, Daniel. so was Danny Briere, but no one fucking complained about that. That was 10 years ago, though. That was before. I, 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 I know. I'm just saying, like, brainwashed. There's, there's always going to be, you, you take the good and the bad with some players, right? Yeah. Some players, you, you, they're defensive defensemen. That's what they do. You're not going to get much offensive production from them. That's what he does. An offensive defenseman, like, like Shattenkirk, like, like Ghost, like Eric Carlson. They can well, not ghost anymore, but they can move. Hey, can hey, hey, some... hey. He had a 65-point season three years ago. He's still good. <laughs> I'm like, but what I say? <laughs> good good joke. Um, like, they're going to give you some offense. They're not going to give you much defense, but they're going to give you some offense. People like Patrick Laine, uh, people like Ovechkin before Barry Trotz got him to play the other end of the rink. Uh, even, like, Connor McDavid's not that good in his own end of the rink. But when you fucking... Do what you're supposed to do what you're getting Leon paid Leon Dreisaitl is always a good example Le- of that one. Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, JVR is getting paid to score goals, and he does nothing. But he's so, good defensively. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> the fact that you think uh, just because Line is not going to play a two-way game, well, that's not what Winnipeg is paying him to do, and that's not what anyone else would pay him to do. And again, he is an upgrade over everybody on the team as far as goal scoring. He has been... Would you would you say Winnipeg made him available? Yeah, they I were, mean they, they were definitely shopping. shopping him. Okay, why the fuck would whether you're the Flyers, the Penguins, the Devils, who the fuck ever? Why would you not make a serious move for that? Because he's an upgrade over lots of guys in this league. I think Winnipeg uh, messed that up. Be honest with you. I think I guess too if, much. Yeah, I think if they were going to move him and really get something for him, it was going to be during the offseason. Once the season starts, I think his value takes a significant hit. The closer uh, they get to that contract extension, the, the less they're going to get for him. Yeah, I, mean, I they think they did messed that with up. Truba. They held on to him yeah. far too long and then got nothing in return when they went to trade him because they were trading I, his rights. I think they're doing the same thing. So, like, you know, I almost I don't blame Chuck for not pulling the trigger because, you know, if we know this, he obviously knows it too. The closer they get to the trade deadline or, you know, the less he's going to cost. It's just, you know, can they outbid the other teams? So I don't blame him. And for as much as I uh, like, I'll bust Travis Sanheim's balls here and there. He is essential to this roster right now, you know? So uh, I don't know if I would have moved him. And, you know, if when, if that's who Winnipeg wanted, then I would have said tough shit, you know, defense, like, Every time we think about it, every time we talk about it, I just get more and more and more and more and more fucking angry with it. There's and, no sure things. And, and the lack of legitimate move. How can you let Matt Niskan retire and not replace him? 
how can you just settle for Eric Gustafson and keep Shane Goss's bear? And and now you're going to rely hardcore on Myers and Sanheim. And if that doesn't work, you're absolutely fucked. Like, I just don't get it. And these rumors, I, I, we Jim and I debunked it this morning uh, on Twitter. But, like, these JVR for David Savard rumors that have been floated by some random bullshit site. And it's like, this is such horse shit. Like, uh, it would be such a move for the Flyers because they would get another middle-of-the-road defenseman. That they can add to their fifteen they already have hanging around. Yeah. <sighs> God. That's why it didn't make sense. They're gonna me at live first. and die by that defense core. If if Santa and Myers can get their head out of their collective ass and not look like what they did in the playoffs, they may have a chance. But if they go out there and Sandheim's falling down and turning the puck over every time he gets pressured, they're in trouble. Because he ain't got nobody to fill those shoes. Yeah. And none of, neither one of them play a very heavy game. And you bring up Gostas Bear. Those are two of the softest human beings I've ever seen. Oh, Dan, didn't you know? Didn't you know, Dan? Phil Myers was really dirty when he played on the Phantoms, according to somebody. (laughs) Phil Myers was actually good when he played on the Phantoms. Well, yeah, because he could skate better than everybody else. Now he's with competition. I keep up with him. But didn't didn't you know, Dan? Phil Myers played a really physical, dirty game with the Phantoms, according to uh, someone that was on High and Wide earlier this week. I'm pretty sure I watched him every single night in Lehigh Valley uh, for two years. Uh, I don't recall ever seeing that, but uh, sure, if you say so. He was. You uh, get them on TV too, right? Dan? You a, have that... Yeah, I have a Service Electric. Yeah. So they're on Service Electric. So if you're not there, you can watch them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. All right. <laughs> he was a lot of fun to watch. Oh yeah. But this big bad physical player's horseshit. Even if he was, does he's not now? I don't think he sucks. I don't think Meyer sucks. By the way, like I think he. I think Myers is your only hope until Cam York shows up. Yes, I think he's got the tools. I mean, he's yes. he is a big dude. Untested. He can skate. Seventy-two games or whatever it is, he's got. I, Sanheim, he's fucking two hundred games in. I haven't seen shit. I'm not interested in seeing shit. I hate him. Myers, I at least have hope for yet. I'm sure that'll be snuffed out soon enough, like every other fucking thing I hope for. This stupid team. Oh, by the way, did you see Bobby Brink was named a uh, player of the game for Team USA today? Oh, he scored a goal that. that you would have liked. He provided uh, enough highlight reel so in 10 years from now when he's in the AHL, people can still go, look at his potential, Daniel! <laughs> and of course, I was scrolling Twitter and Silver is already all over the highlight reels. And I'm like, ah, oh, there it is. Here's a three-second clip that's going to define this guy's career. <laughs> oh, my God. Did you see his second goal? I saw one of them. I don't think I saw both of them, though. It was a actually a pretty nice goal. It's what the roster needs now. Somebody who can box out uh, in, in the goalie crease and put, put the puck away. Dude, te- that is the one his, thing. If, if Nolan Patrick comes back, I think that's the one thing he's got is that net front presence. That yeah, everyone, could be something. Everyone thinks he's just going to come back. Like that, okay. Oh, my God. The Nolan Patrick go, takes. You go. Go ahead. Go ahead, Dan. <laughs> oh, I actually wrote a piece about this today. It'll be up probably next week sometime. Um, but like, fuck this Nolan Patrick bullshit. These people think he's just going to jump right back into the lineup and be just fine. I have had people say he's going to lead the team in goals, which is comical considering he's going to be the third line playing with JVR, LOL, probably have two. But like, he's going to come back in and be just fine and pick up where he left off. Like he was fucking Connor McDavid before he went down, right? (laughs) He's some dude, you know, and for all we know, he's not even cleared yet. I believe we'll find that out early next week. Um, but like, fuck this guy, I, I, 
it, I brought that up over the weekend. Let me see if I can pull that tweet up over the weekend. Because I knew when I put it out, it was something along the lines of, if Nolan Patrick is cleared, what do you expect of him? And I knew that that tweet would, like, that would bring out all the fucking, you know, overly positive shitheads out there. And it did. Uh, let's say Nolan Patrick is cleared when the season starts. What do you expect of him? He hasn't played an initial game in 20 months. It'll be 21 months, actually, I believe, uh, by yeah. the time the season starts in January. And wasn't a world beater when he was here. His two-way play should help him at 3C, but I'm skeptical of any serious contributions beyond that. And Dan Silver, the, you know, asshole that he is, uh, I think you're underselling his talent here. I'm also skeptical of his season-long contributions, but it's not due to his lack of talent. I'm not necessarily shitting on his talent. I don't think that has anything to do with it. It's just, he hasn't played in fucking two years. You know, you're telling me this guy's going to hit the ground running. Really? Really? Like, <laughs> he hasn't played in nearly two years, Dan. You're right. And when he was with playing, Ryan White are like, yeah. oh, he's back. <laughs> like, And it's not like he put up 20 goals either season. 13 goals and 31 points was his career high. So, Yeehaw. ye fuck for the number two pick. Only the Flyers, man. I swear to fucking God, that's what we get. I think a How lot of this? the uh, results that, uh, that people responded to that were skewed because people are telling me 25, 30 points in 56 games, and I can't help but laugh in their stupid faces. Um, if it was a full season, maybe, but I, I think people forgot when they were answering this that it's a partial season. So I, I just can't, I don't see him as any kind of contributor especially listen if he can come back and stay healthy which is going to be the big key for patrick if he's, if he's even fucking clear to begin with next season and two years down the line three years down the line there's still something there he's young enough he's what 21 22 something like that he's fine sure. the potential's there i don't see him coming back this season in holding any kind of serious role with the team i think he's gonna be your third line guy he'll probably see limited minutes for quite a while you know working it back in considering there's no exhibition games I, I i believe he was projected on the fourth line uh somebody earlier i saw a screenshot somewhere that i don't know where the fuck they get these lineups but it's on the fourth line which i don't know if that's gonna be accurate or not but like come on he's gonna lead the team in goals he's gonna have a big season these people are just they drank too much of their own kool-aid can we talk about nolan patrick and morgan frost for a second here because whenever People bring up Morgan Frost and potentially starting out on the opening night roster. It's always, well, he hasn't played a meaningful hockey game in how many months? I'm like, wait a second. But, you know, you're going to advocate for Nolan Patrick to play? <laughs> yeah, like yeah. what? Like Morgan Frost has played competitive hockey, whether it's with the Phantoms more recently. Which was almost the... a year ago, by the way. Yeah, and he actually, how about like he actually played in, in Flyers games last year? Uh, I think Tenable. Something like that. Like, I don't get that argument. You know, it's like, dude hasn't played in almost two years. Any hockey at all. Fan, uh, flyers, Phantoms, nothing. Nothing. Why are we, why are you, why do you have expectations at all for Nolan Patrick this year? Like you said, if he can just stay healthy throughout the entire season, that's, that's a, a success. W. Yeah, that's a W in of itself. Yeah, that's a success. That's, that's how, for as pessimistic or however you want to, whatever you want to call me on, you know, Nolan Patrick or how I view things, I'm not expecting anything no. from the kid. If he can stay healthy throughout the entire season. He can play all that's 56 a, games. That's a win. That's a win. 
Okay, and if you're if you're putting expectations on him, you're not a bad person. Just know that you know he could get hurt. Or huh. yeah, don't don't get down on the kid because the don't don't there. set your mind to him scoring twenty goals and fifty points when he puts up two goals and ten points. Because <laughs> then you're setting yourself then you're gonna up. They're going to be like, well, maybe this shithead's not very good. We're right. going to turn on him just like they turn on everybody else. Right, and those are going to be the assholes on Twitter leading all the marches. Oh, we got to get rid of Nolan Patrick. He's no good. We should have traded him. Oh, that's not true. We don't want to get rid of anybody here, Jim. Yeah, no, you're right. Say he has potential for 15 more fucking years until he's 85, and they'll sign him to a 30-year contract. Yep. We ruined their cap space, but we got him on our roster. We don't want to trade him. People are people are entitled to fan however they want to fan. I'm just saying, yeah, you know, I'm just you know temper your expectations. Wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a flawed I, roster that didn't get better. That's and my... that's that's where I think, like you know, the the hope, which is a word that I've grown to hate, and you know, you're expecting the kids to continue to to grow and get better. I, that's I think all the chips are in that basket. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's where I kind of get tied up in all of this. Is like. I see people spin it as, well, it, they've been together for a full year. There's more chemistry. And I'm like, this team had fucking zero chemistry last year entirely. <laughs> and they tried every single combination they could possibly think of, and nothing fucking works. So don't tell me they're going to be better. You know, but like, God, what? Even something like, I don't know, who the fuck was one of the free agents that were like TJ Brody? Like, even that would have been a huge upgrade. You know, like yeah. something. And they didn't do shit. And Chuck Fletcher said he he's not going to do shit over the, the before the Christmas Eve thing. I'm not making any additions to the roster. Great. We're right he into battle with that, this yeah. fucking mess. <laughs> <sighs> he said that a couple times, didn't he? Oh, yeah. And they're going to ride in with, and they are going to hope to, they're going to pray to whatever fucking God they believe in that Nolan Patrick and Phil Myers and Sanheim and Frost are going to come in and be game changers. And if they are, they may have something. And if they're not, they're fucked. <laughs> And if we're wrong, come on Twitter and tell me I'm a fucking idiot. Hey, I'm, I, yeah. I'd love to be wrong. If the Flyers come out and win 56 games in a row and win a cup, 16 straight shutouts, more power to you. I will gladly come on here and admit I'm wrong. But uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I'm not wrong very often. <laughs> the Flyers are not built to win the cup. So temper your, temper your expectations, everyone, but and take JVR. some eggs out of that Nolan Patrick basket. They have JVR. Oh, yeah, the, the fucking goal scorer, JVR. Could be a 30-goal scorer if you put him with Giroux. I'll die on that hill. That I, Oh, my God. I argued with somebody yeah, about maybe five years ago, as well. Listen, I don't even necessarily disagree with that. However, it is 2021. JVR is 31 years old. You cannot build your team around this guy anymore. Why are you going to waste all your fucking resources trying to get GVR going? How about you put Joel Farabee with Claude Giroux and Travis Konechny and build a fucking star for the future? Why are we trying to get this ancient asshole going again? I mean, you could Build do for that. the future. Build around you Morgan could... Frost. Put him with Claude Giroux and let them succeed. Why are we trying to ignite the fucking dumbest waste of fucking time on this roster? Still! You could do all those things, but I think Farabee could have success playing with Hayes, Couturier. JVR cannot. He can only have success with Claude Giroux. So you have to then compromise he never, your then never roster. Right. Unfortunately, they're stuck with him now. So, like, it's like, and I, I know what Vigneault wants. You know what he wants to do, but I think part of being a good coach 
is setting a player up to succeed. If you if they you pencil a guy in, if they you tried multiple times last year to get him going and it never worked. Yeah, yeah but we know what kind of guy we know what kind of guy he is no, though. You know like he needs... we just got to give him fifteen. It's a, it's a Shane Goss's bear thinking. If we give him enough chances, sooner or later, even it, after it five years later, he may work, Daniel. But he had a sixty-five point season three years ago. <laughs> I don't think JVR is in Vino's plans, dude. He healthy scratched him a bunch think, of times. That is the one I think thing. You're right. I think you're right. At least through the playoffs, was willing to put him on the fourth line and willing to scratch him. That gives me hope that at least he's willing to know JVR is not that good. This is not the Andrew McDonald theory of well, we're paying him, we have to play him. Who gives a shit if you're paying him or not? That's your dumbass yeah. fault for signing. <laughs> it, it's more, well, yeah. It's not like the people run calling the shots now, which is That's Fletcher true. and Vino. They didn't bring him in. No. Fucking Hextall did. He's useless. No. He's useless. I think you're right with that, and uh, I think the rumors that came out today, if if you know if there's any truth to them, I think they support that argument as well. I don't think Elaine Vino knows what to do with James Van Riemsdyk. I don't think anybody so. knows what to do with James Van Riemsdyk plays him on the fourth line. That's why I'm suggesting, and I know he doesn't want to do it because Claude Giroux is arguably your best offensive player. doesn't Even want to put Claude Giroux. Fucking these days. Right. I mean, you don't want to put arguably your best player on the third line, or you don't want to have Jay. Like, Claude Giroux is not a center, so you can't be your first line center, so it's got to be your third line. But I don't think he wants to play center, so that's all a pipe dream, but that's the only way. Unless Morgan Frost can come out and, you know, is lighting the world on fire in some capacity. <laughs> Start the season. <laughs> Drew's another one. Everyone gets their britches in a twist about. None of us are saying Drew sucks. Like he's got unbelievable hands still. He, he just put up 102 points a couple years ago. But the the bottom line is, if, and yeah, and he put up old as dirt. He's getting old. He's yeah. We all know he put up a shitload of points over the last 10 years. He's in the top of the league as far as that goes. But unfortunately, the previous regime wasted his prime, and now here we are facing a 33-year-old Claude Giroux who might not be able to carry it the way he used to. I don't think you're ever going to see, like, 95-point Claude Giroux again. And I'm not saying, oh, what a fucking bum. We all—anyone with half a brain knows that Claude Giroux is one of the best flyers of all time. It's those four-for-four idiots. Yeah, he's—he—it's these (laughs) four— It's these four for four idiots that just kind of vacation in different sports, and they see like, uh, oh, the Flyers didn't so good. Fucking Claude Giroux sucks. Like, it, to me, you're brain dead if you go right to the captain. Like, we all know he's fucking. He was fucking awesome. We all know he still has he's silky just hands. Old and broken down. He was the he, road hard and put up wet, or the fuck the saying is for ten years now, longer than that. You know, the guy's just. He's still good. He's one of those guys you can probably have in your roster up to the end of fucking time because he's got, you know, hands of fucking silk. But he's, a great he's shot. not at that point anymore where he's capable or should be carrying anything. If you want to get the most out of Claude Giroux at this point, you have to start limiting his minutes and limiting his role. That way you can get some longevity out of the shithead. You know, give him another had three, four, five Dan. years of, of success. I think he'll start on the top line this year. But probably by the end, he'll be on the third line somewhere. Yeah, Dan, they had to change his position. He's not even playing center anymore. They put him on the wing to try and save, yeah. you know, give him some more time. And look, there's this great highlight. I always go back to the 2011-12 season because probably the last time I had fun from wire to wire. But it was 
against Buffalo at Buffalo. It's in overtime back when they still did four on four. And the defenseman, I forget who it was, I think it was Grignani, makes this stupid, tries to go cross boards to boards. Drew intercepts it and just dusts everyone down the rink and scores on a breakaway on Miller. He ain't dusting anybody anymore. He doesn't have that get up and go that he once had. And that's no slight to him. He's fucking 10 years older. 11, you know, he's 10 years older now. That Stanley Cup season was now 11 seasons ago. God. This is, uh, this June will be 10 years since the Richard Carter trade. Wow. Mm-hmm. 2011. One flies, man. Mm-hmm. I still remember where I was when I found that out. Me too. It was like the best day ever, and an hour later, it was the worst day ever. I was shocked. Ilya Brzgalov would have still been here until last season, I think. Oh I, don't, I don't blame Brzgalov for a lot of that stuff. I really no, don't. No, neither do I. I. I never did. I mean, he didn't help himself out most of the time. No. I, I don't blame for the, the no. shit he allowed. Why did they just keep him? Why the fuck did they even bother buying him out for? What the know. fuck were they doing over the... I mean, granted... He's a weirdo, I say. love Steve Mason. My favorite of all time, but, like, God, like, you could have tandem Mason and Briz till the fucking end of time. Who cares? I kind of got the impression that he rubbed people the wrong way in the locker room. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. that was always the, the story. And I, I'm sure that kind of... We're not a fan of his bullshit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but Briz was fun. He was a character. He has the longest shutout streak in franchise history. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Does he really? Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. I don't even think it's close. <laughs> How many games was this? It was like three shutouts in a row or something like three that. I think the shutout seven. streak like touches four games or something like that. I think, yeah, just shy of four games, I think. And Boosh holds the all-time shutout streak in the NHL, which he did with the fucking Phoenix Coyotes when they were doo-doo. That's right. It was... Uh... The coach of the Oilers was he the coach of the the Coyotes back then? Tippett. Do you know who? I, I yeah, don't Tippett. Think it was no. that. Might have been Gretzky. It might Get have been. Get the hell yeah. out, really? Mm. I forgot he coached, man. Man, when he coached Phoenix, they were like always like a nine ten seed. Let's see here, Brian Boucher. I believe it was the o three o four season. Then shut the hell up, Nick. I'm working on it. I'm just trying to help. Remember the Coyotes during the. 0304 season. Look at that. Who was the coach of the Yotes back then? They were third last in the West. <laughs> Go figure. Bob Francis and Rick Bowes. Look at that. Current Stars coach, I believe. Rick Bowes? Bonus. Bonus. Bonus? I just. It's pronounced just... bonus. But yeah, it's spelled bonus. Give a fuck. What is pronounced as this? <laughs> Shane Doan was around. Uh, GM Mike Barnett. Who the fuck is that? <laughs> I never cared for Shane Doan the way a lot of hockey people do. I don't know about your guys' thoughts on that. You guys are big Coyotes fans. I like them. I think I would have loved him if he was on my team. Yeah. Shane's yeah. like one of those names that I just don't like, I think. Shane. There's never been a good guy named Shane in the world. <laughs> Every last one was a douchebag. Or Trevor. Or like Travis, Brad. <laughs> yeah, Travis, Brad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All those names: Kyle, Chad. <laughs> oh, my brother-in-law's name is Kyle. <laughs> the co-host of my show's name is Kyle. Kyle. That one fits though. Yeah. 
right. Ready for my Twitter rant. What were we talking about right there? Daniel called me names. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, but back to that whole little philosophy of, you know, how to make a team. Don't you feel like there's only, like, two ways? I mean, there's more than one. There's more than two ways, but it's like this side that wants 20 goal scores on all. And I'm going to the extremes because that's what these guys do. Oh, that guy doesn't produce anymore. He's how old? He, you know, I want a guy that could put up goals. I'm like, dude, you're not getting 20 goals from your fourth line winger. Like, uh-uh. you know, like Raffle put up eight goals. That's pretty good for a fourth liner. And he put up uh, one less point than Corey Perry did. You know, uh, you're I, just I not. I compared him to Tyler Pitlick. Like these people, this fucking fan base had a hard on for Tyler Pitlick last season for some reason. It's like they were producing at about the same rate. They played more or less the same role that they'd be playing on the team, but yet people don't want Corey Perry, but they fucking love Tyler Pitlick. Why? He worked because he worked hard. He's like the the. I think the, it's a reputation thing. I think people just don't like Perry because they think he's a scumbag. But like, he's one of those guys that you may think he's a scumbag, but if he's doing that for your team, you won't even fucking care, right? No. If he's out there you know, wrecking folks left and right, that's what you want to see. That's what I want to see. So my fourth line to do. You know what it could have also been? Nobody knew who the hell Pitlick was. So there was no expectation. And he came out, he worked. And when he did score, I don't think he scored often, but when he did, it was always it was like a really pretty, pretty goal. Cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's like, you know, it's easy to like that guy after a while when you have no expectations, you know. But, uh, you know, you bring in a Nate Thompson and – Maybe he works his ass off the same way. He just doesn't score the same goals. It's like, you know, who wants Nate Thompson? Broken, beat down, old guy, blah, blah, blah. All I'm saying is this team is built. They're not the most skilled team, but they have their they have their idea of what a There's skilled player theoretically is. theoretically a shit ton of talent here. Right. It's just about getting all these dumbasses on the same page at the same time, which has been impossible for the better part of a decade now. That's true, yeah. Because they don't have a bona fide sniper. And we've been saying something similar for a long time. Like, they have a lot of pieces. They need one guy to tie it all in. Character-wise, maybe Hayes is that guy, but they're still missing one piece. Here's what they don't have. They don't have a fucking sniper. They don't have a guy that's tough to play against. There you go. And that's what the last ten fucking cup winners all have. It's just, it's all the same. Like, you look at this roster, and it's like, what's the difference between, you know, Travis Konechny and Abe Kubel, you know, or Michael Roffel and Lindblom? And Lin- like, they're just all, you can replace anybody on any line, and it's yes. all the same. Exactly, Dan. It just, it's so, you don't even have a guy that stands above the crowd. You have Claude Giroux, yeehaw, who's 32 now. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I just don't get it. It's just a bunch of dudes. That's by design, too. Oh, yeah. That's, That's how they drafted this way. They drafted for guys with, you know, decent Good offensive upside. Two-way guys. Yes, but that they have Ron to be two way no matter what. Yeah. And it's fucking boring as all. You're not gonna, you know, you just not. They should be going for high ceiling guys yes. all the time with the top picks. Yes. Or at least with the later picks, you know. And if you strike out on a fourth, fifth, sixth round picks, who you fucking pick cares? Fucking Alex DeBrincat instead of Pascal Laberge. Yeah. But I, now. I don't care. Yeah. We need a good fucking two-way guy who has fucking CTE at 19 years old. <laughs> brain is scrambled eggs already. I don't care how many fucking 20-goal scores the Flyers have. I don't. They are a dime a dozen. You can go down the entire fucking league, and every team will have a couple of 20-goal scores. Remember that one year? 
I think it was the year they had the center city line with Lupul Carter and Hartnell and um, Breer's on that team. They had like seven different 20 goal scores. You know how that season ended? They got knocked out in the first fucking round. How have the last bunch of seasons gone? Oh, I don't know. First round exit. Missed the playoffs. First round exit. Missed the playoffs. First round exit. Missed the playoffs. <gasps> Second round in a COVID bubble. Oh, my God. That always... God, I saw a tweet a while. I don't know if the, I, we talked on this show or anything. This show. I don't fucking remember anymore. But it was like, I don't want to hear anybody talk bad about the Flyers because they made it to the second round and they did this. And I'm like, you clearly have not been a fan that long. Like, <laughs> they made it to the first time for the second round in eight years. Ye the fuck off. I was a uh, sophomore don't in high say, school last time. Oh, <laughs> Maybe a junior. I don't remember. But uh, I guess I would have been sophomore. But like, fuck. I'm like an old ass man now. Like, Let's hang a fucking banner in the Wells Fargo Center. They made it a second round this year in the COVID bubble. Are you fucking kidding me? They escaped that Montreal series. I'm glad you said that, Nick, because I've been hearing a little bit. You guys said it on high and wide. Sorry, continue. Yeah, like the rumblings, right? Like, oh, they made it. They were one game away from the Eastern Conference Bullshit. Finals. Yeah, and I'm just like, fuck off, man. They got destroyed for two straight series. Yeah. They had no business being in a game seven. That what? game six against the Islanders, didn't they have at one at one point the shots were three to one? Carter Hart was the only they fucking got reason. They beat against the Canadians if the Canadians could score a few more goals. That's it. And they faced the Islanders, who were the exact same team essentially. All they did was score a few more goals, and that was the end of that. Yeah. If they well, I, if they get matched up with the Canadians, let's say. I don't know how the playoff matchups are going to work. I, I had seen that they're going to get matched up with their division first, but something like that. Let's, Let's just say they somehow end up playing the Canadians in seven games. I think the Flyers lose. 87 well, players scored 20 or more goals in the NHL last year. Thank you. That is that is dime a dozen. Travis Konechny is a dime a dozen right now. If he starts putting up 30 tucks a year, I'll shut the fuck up. But until he actually you know, puts the puck in on a more consistent basis and actually scores in the playoffs, then I'll shut the fuck up. I'm sorry, I'm like all worked up. I'm sorry. What does the playoff look like? Like, is there anybody on this team that even came close to producing in the playoffs at all? No. Granted, it has not happened much in the recently, but like 2018 was a complete wash. And I don't necessarily put that in the players. It was fucking Dave Hackstall's fault. But like, nothing happened there. 2016, they got fucking rode hard by the Cavs, and the Rangers beat them in 2014. Like, which um, uh, this core has all been here for, by the way. Terry yeah. Voracek, Giroux, the other guy, the fuck's his name? God, they've all been, they, this team's been here forever. They've been together forever. And they all suck. And yet we're going to do it again. Why? I think this is the last year to have, I'm going to call them the big three, Giroux, Voracek, JVR together. I think this is the last year of it. Because one of them's I hope going to they, Seattle. Yeah, That's I the only reason why use... it's the end of it. Yeah, I guess so. They're you know, give you them can... whatever they want. I don't care. Get Hopefully him off the it, books. Yeah. Uh, you hope. Who? So here's the thing. So Voracek's here forever. Who would you rather Seattle take, JVR or Voracek? If, if Jake Voracek finishes his contract out, or he will be part of this team for 13 seasons. Yeah, that's a long that time. That may be seasons. the longest person in Flyers history besides Clark. I need to. I think most people last about ten. Jardin was ten. I think Leclerc was ten or eleven. Gagne was 
10, I guess maybe like 11 total if you want to count when he came back. But like, God, 13 seasons. That was an interesting point. I, I talked, I put up that article on Monday about, you know, make sure Seattle takes uh, JVR at all costs. And, and I did go back and forth with a few people that mentioned Voracek. And that's an interesting option there. Because theoretically, he's the far superior player of the two, which is not yeah. a whole lot. But, yeah. like, even he's not a great player. You know, getting rid of that contract maybe it goes back to he's going to be better on your team now, but if you can get rid of him, which may be easier for Seattle to swallow that pill, you get rid of all that cap, but you're also getting rid of the better player of the two. You still have to carry JVR for two fucking years. Somebody said buy JVR out. Let him play for here for two more years doing nothing and buy him out. That's a horrible idea. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Are you, then you're going to have to pay him. Like, this season, we're paying Andrew McDonald $2 million this year to not play for the Flyer. And he, JVR's making $2 million more than fucking Andrew McDonald was. So I don't know what that buyout would look like off the top of my head. But that's like at least $3 million you're going to pay him to not play for the team in a potential sal- uh, flat cap era still. No, thank you. Not interested. If you're gonna, if he's gonna stick around, you may as well just let him finish off. But like, God, I hate this stupid team. Maybe somebody can, uh, you know, break his hip or something. They could put him on a long-term IR. Speaking like, of that, what a genius move by the Blues yesterday to put yeah. Hoffman on a tryout. And we're gonna um, sign you to a tryout. So you're part of our team. As, uh, we can't pay you yet until Tarasenko yeah. goes on LTIR. Genius. Yeah. That's being a fucking smart and proactive front office. A, yeah, genius. You replaced Petrangelo with Krug, and you uh, you fucking have Hoffman for free right now, just waiting for your books to clear a little replaced bit. Genius. Sniper with fucking Mike Hoffman. Genius. Crazy! See, now, if moving Shane Goss' bear meant signing Mike Hoffman... Then yeah, I, I would have said yeah. They you need should to get have moved Gossesbear fucking regardless this summer. There's absolutely no reason why Shane Gossesbear should be on this team right now. None. No, there's not. None. I was on this. I was on this podcast multiple times saying he's gone and he's still fucking here. Because he should have been. He should have. He's been another gone. one that is not in Vino's plans. Vino sits him all the fucking time because he stinks now. He stinks. <laughs> he had a couple good games in the playoffs. Great. He's had three good games in three years now. Yeah. He the fuck ha. There's just no like you got a whole you got nine dudes. <laughs> he just he's just another guy. You know what the fuck? Why are we still trying to squeeze this peg in a round fucking hole? Every other team in Philadelphia wants to burn their team to the ground and start over again. Eagles fire everybody. Trade the roster. Sixers fire everybody. Trade the roster. Phillies fire everybody. Trade the roster. Flyers fans just want to hold on to everybody till the fucking end of time, no matter who they are. Surprised we don't have people crying over like Jason Atkinson still. <laughs> Why do you think you Jason Atkinson? <laughs> God, and like there, there's nothing to cling on to here. I keep saying this. I've said it so many it's times. It's like a broken man. record. If we hold but, on like, long enough, Konechny's gonna score more than 24 goals. If we wait 10 years, Shane oh. Goss may, may hit 65 points again. JVR <laughs> never hit 30 goals in Philadelphia, but God damn it, if we keep fucking him like that, it may work. <laughs> <laughs> like what I, I've said this what is everyone so attached to I have no idea I have absolutely no idea how I can, can anybody understand be Claude attached Giroux. to anybody Give, I'm attached to Giroux and Carter Hart that's it yeah that's it 
Everybody else was, can leave tomorrow, and I wouldn't care. Quite frankly, you could trade Garter Hart for value and give me, like, Shesterkin or something. I wouldn't care then either. <laughs> I was heartbroken when they got rid of Gagne to make room for Carter, for them to only get rid of Carter the very next summer. Organizational snafu. And then uh, I was heartbroken when Kimo Team got traded, but I was very happy when he lifted the cup. It's been years since somebody left, and I was kind of sad about it. They bought out Briere. That was probably the last time I think I was. That was a bummer. Emotional about a player. That was it. But I, everyone was kind of on board with it though, because I mean, it needed to happen. It was, yeah. It was fucking that guy it, was far beyond broken down at that point. But like, goddamn it. Other than that, who cares? He's the last playoff who performer cares? they have. Why ex- are people attached to Travis Konechny? Other than they bought a bill of goods from Ron Hextall that says he's going to be good because he was drafted in the first round. And he's got makes faces, so he's a fan favorite. And he's there, but like, what? Why? Why are we attached to this guy? Why do people think that he's better than Patrick Liney, for example? Like, why? What? what are you attached to? Nolan Patrick is another one. He hasn't played in two years. Why do we think he's going to be an elite goal scorer when he wasn't even that before? Because he was a second overall pick once upon a time. Dan Silver mentioned, well, he had some good highlights in juniors. Fuck off. How long has it been? When was he drafted? 2016 or 17? Fuck. Five years ago now? Like, why? Who cares? Outside of Carter Hart, how could anybody be attached to anything? It's We've been saying that. And this isn't anything new, really. We've been banging this drum all fucking year. Banging this drum for the better part of three years now. Yeah, you have. <clears throat> and there's people out there that think, like, you don't need to fucking have legitimate goal scores because you could just do it by committee. That's not how it fucking works. That win by committee. I did research. That's not how it fucking works. You need to have big bodies. Sorry, I'm getting all excited. Sorry. I keep cutting you off. Win by committee isn't necessarily a bad approach because theoretically you should have somebody going at all times, right? But when you get to the playoffs and nobody gives a shit, and you're slow, and everybody's slow, and nothing's going at all, you don't have that guy that's going to stand above the crowd and make something happen. And, you know, at best, we saw it during the 90-game win streak late in the year when, you know, when you're firing in all cylinders, and you get that. And then we saw the worst of it in the playoffs when nobody's, you know, when everybody's fucking ice cold, yeah. right? When nobody's producing. And you get a whole bunch of nothing. You're going to get steamrolled by a team that's just out there to destroy you. You know, teams like the Islanders and the Habs that play a very, very strong game. Like, you're not going to be able to succeed through that. You oh. need somebody that can fucking make something happen. And you don't have them here. And even trading for somebody like that's impossible. I mean, there's a good chance Patrick Line probably wouldn't be that guy, you know? I, I think he's gonna, a legitimate goal scorer. I don't know if he's the guy that's going to put the team on his back when he needs him most and make it, right? You know, you had Claude Giroux, and he's the closest person I can even think of that, you know, in this fan base in re- you know, fucking modern history, that they put the team on his back and carry these fuckers. You don't have that. You know, Giroux's old, and, you know, hopefully he's not as broken down as he looked last year, and now that he's had some time off, you know, to be with his family and whatnot, maybe his head's back in the game. But, like... It's that's my biggest worry here is just there's nobody that is going to legitimately lead this team. You know, Morgan Frost isn't that guy. Maybe Joel Farabee, but that's, you know, a stretch at absolute best. You know, you need to. It's just one of those things. 
after six years of drafting and you fail to make you fail to draft anybody that's a legitimate difference maker like that's where I look at Ron Hextall and go you fucked up you know sure he drafted Provrov and Carter Hart and you know a couple other assorted guys here and there but what the fuck is there really to show for it nothing nothing you couldn't you couldn't tell me you can go out and trade for somebody like Travis Konechny a constant 20 goal scorer who's going to be a bit of an agitator like you could probably go on the trade market right now and find a dozen players like that. Mm-hmm. You you gotta draft your superstars. It's just how this league works, you know. And the Flyers don't have that. And and I've used the term before. They're fundamentally broken. Just like you're, they're gonna try. They're gonna try with this team. And I'm not confident that this is the group that's going to do anything. You know, long term. You know, winning here. Mm-hmm. I think they're a playoff team. But they're going to face a team that's much better than they are, either defensively or a team like the Bolts that are just going to fucking steamroll them. And they're going to lose. And they're going to make it to the second round this year. They're going to, you know, go to the Game 7, except they're going to score one goal instead of getting shut out. And people are going to be partying in the fucking streets because it's forward progress, right? Oh, they got one goal! Maybe next year they'll only lose by five! Like, and, they, and they don't have the physicality to keep no. up in the playoffs either. They don't have anyone that's going to steamroll. Fucking but that doesn't matter, team. apparently, to some people. That size doesn't matter. But, oh, you're, you're, what do you think a bunch Tampa of... did? Tampa uh, got exactly, destroyed man. by the Blue Jackets before. Then they went out and got Blake Coleman and, and Barclay Goudreau, and they fucking won a cup. And what do you think really... Tampa did in the... Or not Tampa, Toronto. They did that this year. Wayne Simmons, Joe Thornton, a whole bunch of defensemen. Like... They saw that this analytically driven, everybody's great approach doesn't fucking work. Nope. You build a team, then you go out and you get these grindy motherfucking assholes that are going to be pain in the asses to play against, and they win you the goddamn cup. It really wouldn't surprise me if Toronto was a serious threat this year because they made the necessary improvements to their roster. They got rid of Andres Johnson, where the fuck his name was, just some dude. Kasperi Kapanen, just some dude, and replace him with role-playing guys. And they'll probably be better because of it. But please keep telling me that fucking Travis Konechny's the answer here. How about Travis Konechny be the role-playing guy? Put him on the third line, let him hit people, let him make faces all he wants, but give me a legitimate scorer that's going to replace him. Yeah, Jim. Seattle's going to come along in a fucking year from now, and they're going to take Abe Kubel, and people are going to be fucking pissed. But you know what? Who cares? It's non-consequential. Guys like Albe Kubel are a fucking dime a dozen. But he hits people. He's good. He's good. He's He's like... Who cares? God damn it. How? I don't know. I posed a question on Twitter a couple months ago. And I know that Albe Kubel doesn't have as much offensive skill as Travis Konechny. I'm talking skating. I'm talking about moves in the offensive zone, the offensive offensive zone awareness. If you put Knack in a top six role, does he score 20 goals? I think so. Probably. I think he. I really think he does. He'd come close. Yeah, he would come. He would come close to 20 goals, which I think is pretty pro- damn good. He's produced, he did that with the Phantoms too. He's like sneaky good offensively, and we saw yeah. that this year as well. He's got a shot on him, and if they gave him a legitimate chance, he might be something. I don't. I don't think he's. You know. The second coming of Christ or anything like that, but if he, the JVR thing, if we put him with Giroud and Konechny, he'll probably be a twenty goal scorer. 
You know, I think Aubrey Cabell could fit that shoe. They're the same player, except one of them's getting paid a whole lot less. I hope I hope Nack can stay on that third line. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of the thing that bothers me about this team is because they have so many interchangeable pieces. You could put, you know, connect me on the first line. Voracek can go as far down as the third line. Or Lindblom can go from first line to third line. But it's like, can we just get fucking bona fide first line guys? Bona fide top six guys, you know? That I mean, I don't want to sound like I don't think that this team can win. Because I do think this team can win. But I'm just so sick of having a first-line guy that can go down and play on the third line. Just give me top six guys. Just give me guys that when they go out, they got one job, and that's to score. You got one job, and that's to, that's to set up the guy that scores. You got one job, that's to lock down the other team's best line. You know what I mean? I, don't, I hate these, this interchangeable part shit. I hope it works, and I'm going to be rooting for it to work. But I just feel like... There's guys on this team, and with any team, like you mentioned with Toronto, not every player is meant to have the best Corsi, five shots on goal. They're not meant to score every game. I know that's how you win hockey games, by scoring goals and keeping possession of the puck, but you're not going to have possession of the puck for 60 minutes. And if if you had all these, you're not going to go 82-0. and 0. There's going to be adversity. There's going to be games you lose. You need players who can go, hey, guys, shake that one off. I've been through it. Let's come back. Let's win the next one. You know, you need a mix of things on on a team. You need guys that have distinct roles that aren't fucking bouncing all over the lineup. And that's how I would build a team. They just lack an identity. Yes, they do. They're just they a do. bunch of dudes. Very well said. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something that's going to get everybody like, oh, here we go. And it's not a knock on Claude Giroux, but a a team that lacks an identity. Okay, well, why do they lack an identity? Let's go to the captain first. Why doesn't this team have an identity? Why doesn't it? You go to the leader, right? And the leader, if you look at Claude Giroux, and I'm just going to give my opinion because I'm not going to speak for you guys, but like a good leader doesn't take on the personality of the team. The team takes on the personality of the leader, right? right? And so what we saw this year with Kevin Hayes coming in, who in my opinion is a natural leader, this team naturally fed off of him. He, he, changed that, he changed the locker room, changed the team by just being himself. He's a natural leader, right? Claude Giroux, maybe he's a good leader. I don't really know, but based off what I can see, the team took on his personality. And for the last four, five, six years, this team was boring as fuck. That's okay, what, so- like, through all of this, like, it's the same leadership group. Couturier, Voracek, Giroux. Maybe Michael Rothko would include him in there. How long have those four been here? Ten years, some of them, if not more. Curry yeah. was, what, 2011? He came over in the Richards Carters, right? Ten years! Drew was drafted, and when the hell did he make the NHL? 2009, something like that? Oh, nine full-time. Longer than that! Like, uh, I just, Voracek, 2011. Like, these people have been here for fucking ever. Yep. And I think that's why Jim's honestly, like, Kevin Hayes. When the fuck was the last time they had a personality like Kevin Hayes? Like, Scott Hartnell, maybe? Simmons? 
Sim- but like, but Simmons' game was all washed up. I, but I, yeah, I think Simmons was like the last leader they had. But like the last guy that went out there and, and felt like a fun guy to be around was probably at least Scott Hartnell. You know, I agree. Like, I agree. Even I that, agree. how long has that been now? Eight, nine years? Five, I think. No. Hextall's no. first year, he traded him away that summer. Whenever Hextall got here, it's when he traded Heck, uh, like Hartnell that summer. Yeah, yeah. Even that is like, fuck. I'm not necessarily saying anything. It only it's only negative about Giroux because he is the leader, but it, I'm not trying to say anything bad about him. I'm just saying that's another thing that's not going to be filled internally. Certain doesn't really feel like it anyway. Frost yeah. ain't no goddamn leader. No, Patrick, I, like he can't even fucking stay healthy. And you know, I, may, I don't. Maybe your best bet is in Cam York. Being something special, but even that, he's what eighteen. Yeah, <laughs> like, ways off. Long. I mean, I'm sure he'll be here sooner rather than later. But as far as establishing uh, establishing himself as any kind of threat, like when when I put out the Couturier article the other week, people go, "Oh, he's going to be captain next. He's the next captain." What? Huh. <laughs> Why? What? Why? How? What? First of all, he's through like the same fucking age. That's probably not a good idea. If you're gonna, you know, uh, that fuck. God, I hate this. I hate this fan base. Yeah. <sighs> so I don't think it's any coincidence that they brought in guys like Elaine Vigneault and Kevin Hayes in the same offseason. Two natural leaders, two natural leaders of men. They know how to change a locker room that, you know, other guys feed off of. Kevin Hayes can read a room and say, this has to change, you know, and it's going to start with me, right? Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. Like, it, I'm not saying, when I say Claude Giroux, the hockey player, very good. <clears throat> Claude, Claude Giroux, the captain, not my first choice. And he never was. And it, it, par- it partially goes back to when that report came out of, I don't know if he had gotten arrested, but he was reprimanded or something for, I think it was something stupid, like smacking a cop in the ass or... Yeah, a female cop in the ass, he grabbed a tushy. Like, that's disrespectful. And yes. to if you do that to anybody, let alone a police officer, so... Not I might really like it. I- not really who I want as a captain. Know what I'm saying? Because he's set any example. Uh, the second thing was that whole thing when he broke his wrists or whatever it was. He Crosby smashed broke it. his wrists. He, what did he say? He smashed. It was his hand, right? He said he smashed a golf club into yeah. a tree or something oh, stupid. That's right. Like, come on, dude. How? Like, come on. Like, what did you do? Smashed into a tree and it like splintered into his hands or something like that. Yeah. Some like wacky what? Bullshit. Were, what were you doing, dude? Like, you're the captain of the Philadelphia Flyers. I don't think you know, he would have got captain as soon as he did because Pronger got it after the big shakeups, after Richards was traded. Pronger got it. And then his career was ended that season, and then they gave it to Giroux the next year. I don't think – I think Pronger would have probably stayed on as captain until his time ran out here. At the time, maybe Giroux made the most sense. They saw him being here the longest. So I get it. Like I get it. Like he, it's okay. Like Claude Giroux's like, oh, he's an okay captain in my eyes. But you know, I think if we're being honest, the team the last four or five years took on his personality, and they they were not fun to watch. No. They were morose. Like they were tough to watch. Yeah, they they missed the playoffs every other fucking year. As a as a captain, you got to say, okay, we're not a very good hockey club, but. The room can't go down. The room can't go south. It's got to somehow stay upbeat. You know, like he's got to be able to. 
And and then you'll hear all the players come out and say, great leader, great leader. What do you expect them to say? Mm-hmm. There was but, always that feeling, especially in uh, 1819, right before they fired Hextall and shit. Like, that last, like, the Penguin series late in that year and then early in 1819 before they fired everybody. Like, that was the most negative, like, palpably negative feeling there's ever been. Uh, mm-hmm. as far as I can remember with this team. Like, you could just tell by looking at them that it's like, I don't want to be here. Fuck this team. Fuck this stupid city. Fuck this stupid sport. And it's That's like, how it felt. Yeah, it was it was palpable. You could feel it. Like, these people, we, you know, we've had Russ Joy on. Oh, not Russ Joy. We had uh, Anthony Sanfilippo on the past because Russ Joy's there as well. But, you know, and, and Anthony brought that up. Like, what was the team like back then? He's like, yeah, it was it was bad. It was palpably bad. And it was like, I can feel that. I've never been around this team in my life, but I can tell that I just watched them on TV. I can't imagine what it was like actually being there. Yeah, it know. sucked. It sucked to watch. It was not fun. That's why Hayes and, is such a fucking ray of light. Yeah. That's probably why people look at Konechny and look at the faces and be like, oh, man, he's got personality. Could be. It's the wrong kind of fucking personality, but... Could be. Some of those rosters, Jim, were just really bad, though. Yeah, they that's were. That's not untrue. That was... No. That's Ron Hextall being a shitty general manager nick schultz back there fuck i mean and maybe it was like maybe he knew that like fuck like this these teams suck like what am i supposed to do here <laughs> so like, yeah. I, like i get it but you know i don't know that's just what i think you just see a clear uh, and maybe it's not even fair because kevin hayes is just naturally a fun guy who even is gonna be the next captain who comes after Giroux? Provorov's my vote I mean, I, I, I would guess he gets it. If I had to guess right now, if I had to put money on it, but like, I don't know. But he's a, another quiet that guy, guy. I was going to say, is that guy a leader? Like, he's more of a lead by example kind of guy versus pump that's people kinda, up in the room. That's kind of how they go anymore, I feel like. They did it with Richards. They, I mean, Pronger was captain for a little bit. Jason Smith, Claude Giroux. God, I miss Jason Smith. Me too. I, yeah, I miss Jason Smith type players, man. What I fucking wouldn't give to have him on the roster right now. Or somebody that played like him, which the they right. don't have, which they need, which yeah. someone thinks they don't. They don't need those kind of guys. Who's that someone, Nick? Her name's Kelly. <laughs> now, I don't know who's a person. She might be a lovely person. She Probably might be not. Have Let's a be All right. She's my God, the logic. I had to turn it off. She's a sweetheart, but she's wrong, sure but she's she a sweetheart. She's wrong, but yeah, I'm not, look, <laughs> don't, don't take it personally, Kelly. Like, you're probably a really cool person. I'd probably, uh... uh take it personally. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I wrote down a whole lot of stuff here to debunk everything she fucking said. You got your own <laughs> charts. You prepped for tonight. Team me up, Jim. You have a heat map over there, too? I have a heat map. <laughs> well... Let me see here. What what were we talking about? That we size saying... doesn't matter. Oh, I guess you need a bunch of goons that the fans would hate line A without even oh, right. brushing that aside. Brushing aside, you need goal scorers because we have lots of 20 goal scorers. Calling JVR a fucking goal scorer. I mean, he is. No, he's not. Just, he's just no, not, not a good anymore. one. Not he, anymore. Well, he is. He's just not a very good one. <laughs> okay, I'm a fucking goal scorer at that rate, too. He got brought in before I, before you team me up. He got brought in to replace Wayne Simmons on the power play. What Wayne Simmons Wayne Simmons wasn't the best five on five player, but his power play production was great. Didn't he hit thirty tucks once? Yeah, a couple times. I think. A couple times. He was an like playing in front of the net really is an art because 
The last guy to get 50 goals for the Flyers was John LeClaire, and he played in front of the net. He also had a cannon of a shot, but he played in front of the net. He was dirty. You couldn't move him. He was a man's man. He had a man's body, as Jim would say. We don't <laughs> need dirty players anymore. You don't need that, I guess. But John LeClaire was an artist in front of the net. Wayne Simmons was an artist in front of the net. They got fucking JVR in front of the net with crayons trying to draw the Sistine Chapel. He's, he's got a that fucking move, though. scumbag. Yeah, the move that he... If he's, he's given a, 35 seconds to set it up and make yeah. it happen, goddamn, he'll score. Yeah. Unfortunately, it doesn't that. happen. That's a thing, too, because if you're a net, front's pre- net front presence, you're there to score. Mm-hmm. JVR's go-to move is a pass. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, dude... What are you doing? Like, can you just try to put the puck in the net? That's all we want you to do. So, yeah. Uh, so, are you a believer? I mean, I, I don't know. I think we covered a lot, but this Flyers team as is, they're not going to win the Stanley Cup, are they, Nick? Absolutely and and Not even close. And, like, so I guess a lot of my argument is people always take it to the extreme. This team That's always has- the thing. Like, I get called all fucking summer long we do these shows, and the people that listen to them go, oh, Daniel, you're just negative. You're saying they're not going to win. You're saying they're going to suck. No. They're probably a middle-of-the-pack team right now. Maybe a little above par. <laughs> you know, They'll be fine. They'll make the playoffs, maybe, given the new division. Who the fuck knows what it's going to be looking like. But they'll, they'll be around. They'll be competitive. But yeah. they're not a cup team. They're not. Not even close. They're so, they're just a listless bunch of guys who have some talent, enough to get them somewhere, mainly on the back of Carter Hart. But, like, beyond that, you you can't honestly tell me this is the crew that's going to win a cup. Uh -uh. They have to get matchups again in the playoffs, and I think what we're hoping for is we just want them to be to be the best. If they right? can figure like, yourself against like the Penguins, right. and then like the Caps in the second round, and then you know whoever in the third round, maybe they got something. But if they go into the playoffs and they get stonewalled against like the Islanders again, they're fucked. Yeah, it's the same you story. are fucked. Yep. And then that's I think that's what we want. We just want them to be better. We want to see improvement. And they didn't I even think, try to do that this summer. And that's right, where they, like, that's, that, that's where the discontent stems from. Like people tell me, well, uh, Chuck Fletcher brought in Kevin Hayes. Great, that was last year. Who cares? What did you do for me this year? Nothing. You didn't improve. You saw the holes against you... Montreal and the Islanders. You saw what was wrong, and none of it got addressed. No. The Flyers are not intimidating. And the They're not physical. Like uh, We have to go back through Twitter in August when shit was just completely going sideways and see people were like ready to burn this fucking team to the ground and want anything started <laughs> again. You know? But, like, it was the complacency. It's the Ron Hextall complacency. Well, Morgan Frost may be here next year, so they'll be fixed! Yeah. You know? It's just, oh, he's trying to build from within. Like I was saying, we're fucking Dan Silver before. He was the one leading the charge for Lion A. Last time I talked to him, he told me fucking Santa was the greatest thing since, you know, fucking Dick. Sliced you know? Cop. Like, who cares? Like, <laughs> God, I just, I, ah! Can I go over all this real quick, Dan? It'll sure. take me, like, five minutes. Go okay. I'm going to go the past 10 years. The cup winners, I'm going to go their top five scores. I'm going to talk about, the, I'm going to name their defenders, and I'm going to name a couple guys they had that were tough to play against. Because also, Jim mentioned in his episode that, like, he, he didn't say, like, Luke, you weren't saying Luke Shen was the key to success. You were just saying 
someone that can play really physical and just manage his own end, like a third pairing that you can put out there and not have to worry about them getting scored on. Because when the Flyers made it to the finals in 2010, that third pair was a nightmare. Right? Yeah. Okay. Some teams I won't need to go into that much because they speak for themselves. Like the 2010 Hawks. Okay, the 2010 Hawks. They had a guy named Brent Sobel back there on defense. But again, when your top four included Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook, you don't need to worry about anything. And you have top talent like Kane, who they drafted, and Taves. The 2011 Bruins, you're going to tell me size doesn't matter. They had Krejci, Bergeron, Marshawn, Horton, and Lucic were their top scorers. Horton and Lucic were on the same line. Both were 6'2 and 6'3, 229 and 231. And they also have this guy named Zdeno Chara, the biggest guy to ever play the league. They had tough motherfuckers like Ference, Boychuk, McQuaid, and Seidenberg. Yeah, size doesn't matter. They fucking ran people through the glass. The 2012 Kings, their top scorers were Brown, Kopitar, Dowdy, Richards, Williams. Brown is 6'1", 210. Kopitar is 6'3", 225. Dowdy, 6'1", 202. Carter is 6'3", 219. They had a guy named Dustin Penner that year who scored the conference-clinching goal against Phoenix. He's 6'4", 245. Their defense was Dowdy, Green, Martinez, Willie Mitchell, Voinov, and Scuderi. Voinov is a scumbag, but he fucking was awesome for them. And when you have guys like Drew Dowdy, every team will have a guy like a Drew Dowdy, like a Duncan Keith, like a Zidane Chara. The 2013 Hawks. Do I really need to allow? Oh, and those Kings also had uh, Jordan Nolan, Dwight King, Trevor Lewis, Robin Regeer, Jared I'm so Stoll. I'm happy you mentioned some of those names right there because the people hear Jordan Nolan now are like, who the fuck is that guy? But he did some big things in that playoff. Th- yeah, yeah, they had um, uh, Jared like Stoll. thing for big dudes. Kyle, I do. Kyle Clifford. All tough motherfuckers to play against. When they won again in 2014... Kopitar at 26 and 26. They added Gabrick, who had 14 goals in 26 games. Carter, Justin Williams had 25 points in 26 games. They had that 70s line, which was Carter, which I already said how big he is, centering Pearson and um, Pearson and who's the other fucking guy? I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Pearson. He's in Vancouver or something. I can't remember. Oh, I can't remember his name. Lyndon Vey. You know Pearson. No, no, this is going to bug me if we can't yeah, think of the guy. Pearson, Carter. Come on, I think he, he's either in ah, Montreal little, now or he's still I'm in brain Vancouver. farting. Come on. All those teams, Tyler Toffoli? Like, yes. Toffoli, thank you. And uh, like Toffoli. the Hawks in 2013, they added, they had Saad, they had Shaw, Brian Bickle was tough to play against. Um, the oh, my God, another great name right there. They had that dude who threw his gloves off when he scored his name, Dave Bollin. I'm sure Hawks fans are like, why, why do we have Brian Bickle on our team, right? Get because he's going to fucking team. run you through the glass and score big goals when it fucking matters. But Serves no, a purpose. And those Blackhawks teams, of course, had Kane, Taves, Hayes, Duncan Keith, Sharp. And they uh, only won three Stanley Cups. Yeah, the 2015 had uh, uh, Brad Richards. They added. Uh, Antoine Vermette, they added. They added Andrew Desjardins, who was tough to play against. And, of course, my man, Kimo Timonen. And they had timely goaltending. The 2016 and 17 pens don't make much sense to me because their defense is fucking awful. But it, they have two guys going to the Hall of Fame. You might have heard of them. Their name are Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. Uh, Kessel led the scoring in 2016. They had the HBK line. 
So their top three centers were Crosby, Malkin, and Benino. And Benino was one of their top five scorers that year. And, of course, they had guys like uh, Hornquist, Kunitz, that are, you know, motherfuckers that you'd love them if they were orange and black, but they were tough to play against. Those defenses really weren't that good. Latang, Dumoulin, Mata, Lovejoy, Daly, Justin Schultz, Ian Coy, uh, Ian Cole. The Did second they had fucking Brooks Orpik for like forever. They had Brooks Orpik in 2009 when they won the cup. But and the Capitals ended up trading for him too. Oh, yeah. I'm getting there. Calm your pants. They need these guys. Like, I don't know. This shit just bothers me. Here we go. The 2018 Caps, Jim. Kuznetsov had 32 points in 24 games. He's 6'2, 204. Ovechkin is 6'3, 235. Backstrom is 6'1, 210. Oshi is 5'11, 195. See, so here's where you got to be. I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but here's no, where you no. got to be careful. Because people will go, as soon as they hear Ovechkin, they're like, oh my, they'll they'll just use that name and go, yeah. oh my God, these guys think Ovechkin's you know growing trees. Ovechkin? Yeah, exactly. I'm just uh, like, what? Oh yeah, people, people will, will, they don't want to hear what you're saying, so they'll just cling on to one name and say, oh, well, not everyone going to have Alex Ovechkin. Well, I just listed a whole bunch of other fucking grinders that scored big goals for their teams that fucking made it tough to play against. Um, it's like a little bit insulting when people do that because it's like, yeah. hey, do you think that I'm stupid? Yeah, listen to what you I'm know? fucking saying. Um, yeah. John Carlson had 20 points in 24 games. He's 6'3", 217. Uh, you ever hear Tom Wilson? He had 15 points in 21 games. He's 6'4", 218, and he's still a motherfucker to play against. Lars Eller had 18 and 24. He's 6'2", 205. They had guys tough to play against like Jay Beagle, Tom Wilson, Lars Eller, Devontae smith Pelly. That defense was Carlson, Niskanen, Kempney, Orlov, who's sick, uh, Brooks Orpik, who fucking hit everything that moved. You hated him because he just hit everybody. And some dude named Christian Juice. And then, of course, the 2019 Blues, who everyone, who Kelly tried to say they have no stars. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly, the best two-way center in the fucking league, had 23 points in 26 games. That's Sean uh, Couturier, mind you. Yeah, he's 6'1". Two, yeah, he, Sean Couturier couldn't carry uh, O'Reilly's jock. O'Reilly is 6'1", 216. Uh-huh. And I mean that. It's true. Uh, yeah. O'Reilly is yeah. 6'1", 216. Jaden Schwartz, who put up 20 and 26. He had a down year that year, but if anyone that I used to be a fancy hockey nerd, uh, Jaden Schwartz was a perennial 20 to 30 goal scorer for the Blues. Uh, then they had Petrangelo, who was third in the team. 6'3", 210. Tarasenko, 17 and 26. 6 feet, 225. That's a fucking refrigerator. David Perron, 16 and 26. 6 feet, 200 pounds. Then they had a guy named Patrick Maroon, who scored the conference-clinching goal in overtime against Dallas. He's 6'3", 225. They added Braden Shen. He's 6'1", 200. Their defense, Daniel. Petrangelo, who I already said, is 6'3", 210. Colton Pareko, 6'6", 230. Robin Bortuzzo, who's a motherfucker out there, 6'4", 216. Jay Bomeister, 6'4", 206. Joel Edmondson, 6'4", 215. Adam Dunn, 6 feet, 203. Carl Gunnarsson, 6'2", 198. Now, none of them are 6'7", and twisted steel, but... And sex appeal. And sex appeal. All those names I said. Flyers don't have anyone that can fucking carry those jocks. Yeah. That, the Flyers have none of that, and that's why you've seen them either miss the playoffs, get bounced in the first round, or get demolished in the second round by the Islanders. They only went seven games because of Carter Hart. You will not convince me otherwise. Yeah, so, I would agree. So how was everybody's Christmas? Sorry, Dan, <laughs> it was windy. No, I think... I mean, it's... 
You're right. I think you're right. I can see. Well, I'm going to be honest. Like, that's the thing. It's not a player as much as it is an ideology. Right? Yes, uh, you're right. That like, granted, there are a lot of big. But the Blues, especially, were fucking big motherfuckers to play against. Yeah, but it's an ideology, and that goes back to the entire Corey Perry thing, where it's like, oh, you want a goon on the team? Like, sure, but I want everybody to be a little more in there. And that's why I fucking complain about Phil Myers and Sanheim all the time. They're that fucking tall and soft as baby shit. Even, like, who's the toughest guy on the team? Robert Haig? You know, he's going to throw some hits, but he's also going to get his ass kicked by Yasperi Kotkaniemi, you know? Travis Sanheim's going to get beat up by Nathan Gerby. <laughs> like, yeah. fuck. I it's love just, the report that came out today. It's a soft about fucking team all around. I love the report that came out that said he built a home gym in his house and he's been working out on it every day, blah, blah, blah. And then you see him and he's like a fucking twig still. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, man. Stupid. Yeah. Yo, I don't want to uh, bail on you guys because I'm having a great time, but I have a show at eight. So I might have to bail because I have a guest waiting. <gasps> Who is it? Yeah, just Carson Twerensky. Oh, that's cool. On my yeah. sloppy second. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I sloppy third, because I had him first, actually, dude. Well, I did a, a phone interview with him for like 15 minutes. Like my The first ever person I got on was Twerensky, and I had no idea what I was doing. So if As you ever want to now, when you're a well-oiled machine. If you ever want to laugh, go back and listen to that, because it's probably bad. Hmm. Poor Carson. How does the 8 p.m. here? Why don't we wrap this shit up? At Dan the Flyer Van, at Brotherly Puck, at Brotherly underscore pod, at Heart Countdown, at... I'm missing one. Angry Negative. Love that the Heart Countdown's back. Uh, I did genuinely miss that account. Me too. It was the only account that people actually like me on because they don't know it's me. <laughs> just announce that it's me that runs the account everybody and the flyer fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, that's me oh, yeah, that all right jim you can find me at jim like hw check out our content at hwhockey.net and follow hw radio 18 i took out the underscores 18 yeah because we started up in 2018 so Whatever could, whatever I could do to get the underscores out and match up all the social medias. Cool story. Nick? Yep. At Forza Inter 215. Send your hate mail to him, everybody. I don't want to hear it tomorrow. Yeah, I'll take it. All right, everybody. Till, whoa, Jesus. Till next time. Goodbye and good night. Come on, we're tripping.